InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. If you haven't figured it out by now, we're living in an uncertain world. There's no telling how things might turn out, yet just about everyone takes calculated risks on a regular basis. When faced with risk, you'd think most people would be fairly cautious, but one expert says that's not always the case. Let's welcome Sam L. Savage to InfoTrack. Now, Sam, you're a consulting professor of management science and engineering at Stanford University, a fellow at the University of Cambridge. You've written a new book titled The Flaw of Averages, Why We Underestimate Risk in the Face of Uncertainty. Well, let's get right to it. Do people generally underestimate the risks when they're going into something? They often do. And I've found through extensive lecturing and interviewing and so on that they do it in sort of a consistent manner. They may underestimate or overestimate, but they basically do it over and over. And a typical way that people deal with uncertainty is to plug in their best guess for what would happen, like say the average. Mm -hmm. When they do that, it results in consistent errors that can actually be repaired if they do the right stuff. Yeah, and your book, which is written in a fun way, it's not a heavy-duty, you know, intellectual exercise here. There's a cartoon of a fellow in the water, and there's a sign that says average depth three feet, and he's unfortunately in his zone where it's about 20 feet deep, and he's sinking fast. So I guess what you're saying is the old rules that most people use don't really apply if you want things to come out right all the time. Well, that cartoon is actually a famous story about the statistician who drowns in the river that's on average three feet deep. Um, <laughs> and it turns out that mathematicians have understood this problem for over a 100 years. There was something called Jensen's inequality. Well, with a name like that, of course, no one understood what it meant. And that's one of the reasons I came up with the title, The Flaw of Averages. But here's a quick example for you. Suppose when you go out to some appointment, you know, you have a 50-50 chance of being early or late. That is to say, on average, you're on time. Okay. Suppose your wife is also on time on average, 50% of being early or late. Okay. Well, when you go out together, on average, you'll be late. Because there all it takes is one of you to make you late. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good example. And I think most people can understand that. So how does this apply in the real world? This really can have some serious implications for society and for finance and government and all areas, right? Well, sure, because uncertainty faces us everywhere. One of the things you could do, of course, is just take the case of the husband and wife trying to make the appointment on time, scale that up by a factor of a thousand, and, you know, you have a typical project at a big company. So, in a sense, the flaw of averages explains why everything is behind schedule, beyond budget, and below projection. Let me give you an example of why things are below projection. Well, you're importing some new toy for the Christmas season, and you're uncertain of demand. Your best guess, though, is you'll sell 100,000 units, and you'll sell these at 10 bucks a piece. Mm -hmm. Say, well, hey, you know, if I sell my 100,000 units, I'll make a million dollars. So, you know, you order 100,000 units for the Christmas season, and then you expect to earn a million dollars. Well, guess what? If sales are below 100,000, you're not going to make your million dollars. Yeah, but what if they're higher than 100,000? Tough luck. You only ordered 100,000. Right. <laughs> See, that means that the million bucks is not your average profit. It's the best possible profit. Mm. As you say, then, people are focusing on average values, and really uncertainty and risk don't really work with average values. I guess you need a better system, which most people don't use, right? Right. The system is called probability and statistics, and it's been taught in a way that people simply can't absorb it. 
the way I like to describe it is this. If I showed you the differential equations of motion of a bicycle, you'd have no idea what you're looking at. <laughs> That's correct. And yet, if you ride a bicycle, you know how to solve them. The point is, you don't solve those equations through the seat of the intellect. You solve them through the seat of the pants. And yet the way statistics has been taught is with the equations. The beauty is that there's new interactive simulation software that can actually connect the seat of your intellect to the seat of the pants and help you perceive risk in a dramatic new way. Can this software be used? Let's say you want to invest in stock as a personal investor. Is it something you could use for that? Is it something, for example, a small business owner could use to determine whether to, to launch a new product? Certainly could be used for all of these things. When it comes to looking at stocks, actually that's the place I think where we're further down the road and actually curing the flaw of averages. People have been using probability distributions for a long time with stocks. Now, they got things pretty badly wrong in 2008, but at least they weren't just using averages. And that was pioneered a long time ago. But these new methods will open up probabilistic thinking to a much larger audience, including your small businessman. I guess these tools are accessible to just about everybody. But if we look at some of the big disasters of recent times, such as the subprime mortgage meltdown, were these types of tools in use or were people just kind of guessing at things? What I'd say is this. The tools they were using there were like huge black boxes. People didn't know what was going on inside them except for a few propeller heads. <laughs> and by the way, it may also have been that these models, let's call them models, that's really what they were, was mathematical models, some of these models may have been used to defraud people. Mm. The approach of what I call probability management, that's this new approach, is to try to make probability transparent so that the man in the street can start looking at these uncertainties, pulling them off of databases, seeing what they look like, and making individual decisions based on that. That way it's harder for statisticians to blow smoke and pull wool over people's eyes. We're talking with Sam L. Savage, and he's the author of The Flaw of Averages, and we're talking about risk management and living in an uncertain world and how to deal with the risks that we all face every day. Sam, you talk about something called a mindle. Am I pronouncing that right? You are. Explain what that is. Well, if you think about how the Industrial Revolution came about, you had physicists and engineers and all those folks. And finally, you had industrial designers. They basically designed handles that allowed us to grasp the power of physics with our hands. Things like the steering wheel, the light switch, the toilet flush, right? We wouldn't have an Industrial Revolution without those. Sure. Well, now we're in the Information Revolution, and it's not physics this time. You know, you don't grasp this stuff with your hand, but with your mind. Mm -hmm. So... I came up with the idea of a mindle, which does for the mind what the handle does for the hand. It's the handle for the information age. How do you use a mindle? Is this like an interface on a computer screen? Right. Another word is interface, but that's not as cool a word in a sense. It doesn't tell you what it does as mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. And the key is that these are pretty subtle. You can show something to someone in a number of different ways, and some of the pictures just leave them cold. It's usually more than a picture, however. I've found to get these concepts of uncertainty across, I've actually got to use animations. I've got to build a picture that the user interacts with. So they move a slide bar on a screen or they press a button and the picture changes. And that picture is a picture of the risk and uncertainty. And so they start interacting with it proactively. They're changing the risk they face and that really gets to them. 
So it sounds like you believe that we could see a much better world in the future as technology starts to help us make some of the complicated decisions in life. There will still be surprises. Let's not fool ourselves there. It's that on average, we'll be making better decisions. Of course, there is a website for the book, which is flawofaverages.com, and you have a website, which is probabilitymanagement.org. Sam, we want to thank you so much for joining us on InfoTrack. This is interesting stuff. Thank you. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks.